do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, oh Jesus, hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube, uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cube <laughs> Okay, well, <clears throat> excuse me, losing my voice immediately, a professional would probably have redone this opening, but I will not, as I am not, and plus I've got that just got up uh, early morning sexy voice thing going, right? Oh, so deep. So very, very deep. Uh, Jesus. Okay, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the program, it's usually better than this, I think. Possibly, question mark. What it is, is I will pour forth all the media I have consumed so that it does not sit up in the dusty attic of my brain. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I should warn of that possibility in a sort of spoiler warning i think is a term i might use and did technically speaking all right uh, i'm gonna push a button i will start a series of five five minute timers like this ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to review some things Today's movie monologue sponsor is Despite All My Rage, I'm Still Just an Ant in a Farm. Huh? Thank you for that sponsorship, I suppose. Movie the first, Malevolent. Oh, sounds spooky, I guess, maybe. Uh, Siblings Jackson and Angela run a profitable ghost-busting racket, but not with the proton packs and such, more of a, a, a medium sensing spirits version uh swindling the bereaved with fake detection equipment and angela's paranormal quote-unquote visions i did irl i just did air quotes with my fingers but this is a, a medium in which you can't see that so i don't know uh, so, uh, basically what happens is, uh, this brother and sister team, and there's, uh, another guy with, like, the technical equipment and such, and another girl for, to balance things, <laughs> I don't know, uh, they, they basically tried to trick people into paying them to remove, quote-unquote, ghosts, oh, jeez, see, I did it again, weird, um, then, because this is a movie, eventually, uh, it goes a little awry when it turns out ghosts are real, Yes, it turns out ghosts are real in this universe. So, um, it gets scary and stuff. Um, Rating-wise, I will go... Uh, it's three-ish. Three-ish or less. 
Um, there's some scary moments and uh, there's some twists that you might not expect in a typical horror movie. So uh, that I always appreciate. And uh, what's the what's the main girl's name? You know, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, I did I did enjoy her. Florence P. <laughs> her last name is P U G H. Pug. <laughs> Florence Pug. <laughs> I love me some Florence. <laughs> Movie the second, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Uh, from 2018, which is this year. Uh, I enjoyed the first one very much. I like a... A uh, movie of this variety that doesn't take itself too seriously because it's a guy who gets really big and really small. Come on. That's dumb. And can control ants because of that ability or something. I don't know. Uh, just when you can add those uh, tinges of comedy throughout your uh, superhero movie, I think you're going to be better off than trying to take it seriously, because how can you take it seriously? Come on. It's dumb. It's fun. It's full of <laughs> ants, I guess. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, I think I might have liked the first one better, and I don't remember what I gave that, but I think maybe a 4 or 5 I gave that one, so I think I'll give this one a 4. Um, would you say it's more of the same question mark and there's no sort of like big threat it, it felt like compared to some of the other ones which is not necessarily a down thing uh, a, a down vote oh geez the ending sort of tying it in with infinity words is pretty fucked up like I, I don't know how that is going to be solved uh, interesting there. The the post-credit scene dealy. I like that very much. Okay, uh, moving on to Volunteers from 1985. This is starring, if you can believe it, Tom Hanks and John Candy. And somehow, someway, I had never heard of it. Uh, you know what? That's funny because I'm like, okay, this is John Candy, Tom Hanks, 1985. This is like in the prime of their, their movie-ness, right? How has this movie never come up in all the things I've ever heard of? Uh, and then after watching it, I realized the reason is is because it's not a very good. <laughs> in fact, it's uh, kind of bad. Yeah, and, and not really even that funny bad bad. There's there's a few laughs. And come on, with these two, uh, it can't be horrible. But uh, it, verges, ver versions of, it verges on horribleness sometimes. Uh, Rating-wise, I don't know. I think I'll go like a one and a half like uh, it just wasn't really fun or interesting uh tom hanks plays a rich guy who uh almost accidentally joins the peace corps and uh you know stuff ensues of a i suppose interesting but often not variety and i'm not even going to get into it because there's no point because i barely remember it yeah that's another knock against it so mean i am uh, I, I think Tom Hanks uh, can can handle it. <laughs> He's doing fine. Uh, last but not least, Low Life from 2017. The sordid lives of an attic, an ex-con, and a luchador collide when an organ harvesting caper goes very, a uh, very wrong. Ooh, they threw two varies in there, so you know it went wrong. Uh, this is a movie of was it three or four? Uh, I guess from that description, it's. It's three, but I feel like maybe it was four. Uh, four vignettes, where uh, almost sort of Pulp Fiction style. Uh, the very this will remind you a lot of that, and that you'll see what uh, everyone's doing at various points of the movie, and then they all sort of collide, and we see how that sort of came to be. 
And then the luchador guy, that's, uh, that's an interesting little cherry on top. And in fact, his mask is red. So there you go there. <laughs> uh, very much falls into what I have always sort of considered more and more, actually. Uh, my favorite genre uh, of dark comedy uh, with, with some action and some blood and some gore and some fighting and some just crazy shit in this. Uh, so for that reason, I liked it very much. So, uh, rating wise, I think I'd go like a solid four with some, some just crazy, what the hell is going on five moments, which, uh, I like. So that is low life from 2017. Today's television talk sponsor is The Handmaid's Tale Season... Oh, shit. Today's television talk sponsor, rather... Oh, God. God. Is uh, WW1, a.k.a. Women War 1. It's coming, people. It's coming. Rightly so. Uh, Handmaid's Tale Season 2 is our topic of this television talk talk. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, this is intense, this show. Uh, like none other I have ever watched, I do believe. Yeah. Uh, to the degree where after the first or second episode, I forget which, uh, I, like, while watching this, I feel so tense and, like, I could feel it working in on my shoulders. And you know where, like, your shoulders, like, start edging up towards your ears because you could feel yourself getting tensed up? That's what the show does to me. More, like, friggin' sweaty hands moments in this than any show I can ever think of. Uh, and, and what I was just about to say about the first or second, I think it was the first episode. Uh, after watching it that night, went to bed, had a, a, a nightmare... Uh, I don't think it was, like, Handmaid's Tale-specific nightmare, but I feel like it was just, like, I was so tense from watching it that it did something to me that, like, fucked me up. Uh, so, if that sounds good to you, <laughs> you will like this. You know what, it, it doesn't sound good, me saying all these things, but shows like this, I feel like, are important because if you watch this all fluff stuff 100% of the time, it's, it's not good. It's like that, uh... Uh, this is a story I've, I've heard a million times on different podcasts, how uh, the show All in the Family, uh, Archie Bunker, his character went through a bunch of, uh, oh shit, what do they call it, where they have people in, uh, like test, test uh, screenings where people come in and like watch the episode and give their opinion, uh, and then the execs will be like, oh, okay, well, we got to change this and stuff like that. And, and uh, like almost universally, people said they didn't like Archie Bunker because he wasn't quote unquote likable. Um, things don't have to be likable to be good entertainment. And this falls into this. And I'm not saying I don't like the show. I'm just saying what it does to me is makes me so uh, upset, uh, upset <laughs> and just like, oh my God, this is so fucked up. Uh, and the other reason that the fucked upness I think hits so hard is because uh, with what's going on in the world today, the events of this are, yeah, sure, they're still a little crazy and extreme, but like you could see things heading this way uh, like, and it's not as shocking. Okay, yeah, this is. A, I think this is a good way of saying this. The events of, <laughs> that happen in Handmaid's Tale are uh, are not as shocking if they happened as they should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's so so that's scary. Um, 
then you have the sort of added thing that the main girl, oh, I'm so bad with, with names, and plus everyone has friggin' two names, uh, the main girl, uh, Alfred, June, yeah, June, June, uh, she's pregnant throughout most of this season too, which adds that sort of extra layer of tension, uh, and then there's uh, a few times the, uh, is she going to be safe, is she going to get away, is she, uh, and then it sort of vacillates between those two things a, a few times as well. Uh, there's the added uh, series, uh, the the added sections with the with the other girl who came back from whatever the waster called, where she's sort of living with this guy and you don't know if he's evil or not. Uh, the thing I like about that is he never did anything one way or the other where you could sort of a hundred percent tell if he was like a good guy or an evil guy, uh, and I like that not knowing. And a, a lot of this tension I think from this show is not knowing what's going to happen you know one thing I didn't like is uh, I watched this with the missus and she had already seen it like she watched it without me which uh, I said next season you're not allowed to do you have to wait for me uh, because then she knew what was going to happen in all the episodes and uh, did she lord it over me a little bit uh, I think perhaps she did <sighs> okay rating wise I think uh, easy for me to give this a 5 out of 5. Uh, I think I like this season even more than the first season. And just what it does to me, it doesn't necessarily feel good. But uh, that doesn't mean it's a bad show. It just means it's a different than some other things. Yeah? Yeah. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is Fighting Pit Axe Body Spray. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we're talking. Shoot, did I do uh, book one of this series in the last episode? If I did, I'm flying along pretty good. Uh, we're talking A Man Betrayed, which is uh, the book of words number two by J.V. Jones. Yes, this book series that has turned into something I very very gonna go ahead and throw one more in very much enjoyed so far i do believe i gave book one a six out of five uh can i give book two a six out of five not quite uh is the bloom off the rose maybe very slightly i'd still give it over a five okay you know what and i'll let you figure out where you want to put that this is more than a five this book the first one i, I was in i was uh, amazed and blown away by my love of it and then this one is the second of them so you know I can't have that same amazement a second time, right? Sorry, I just uh, coughed loudly and removed it, which I don't normally do, but I figured I should there. Anyways, let me read the Goodreads. Uh, at Castle Harville, uh, demented Prince Kylock grabs the reins of power. The reins of power and hate by murdering his father. Both, uh, what is, would that be, patricide and regicide in one because he was a king, right? Whew. Jeez. Uh, Harville's two young refugees are torn apart by the storms of war. Headstrong young Meliandra is captured by brutal slavers, and Jack, whose wild power works miracles, falls prey to a smuggler's lying charms and a woman's seductive schemes. Meanwhile, in the distant stronghold of Bren, Kylox's betrothed beautiful mad Catherine dabbles with darkest sorceries a knight's shattered destiny is about to lead from a 
from death, sport pits to the blood, strewn creation of an empire, and a wondrous epic of grandeur and magic continues. And boy, howdy does it. Okay, yeah, so, uh, like often, I would say, uh, in fantasy novels, we're sort of uh, jumping back and forth between a handful of characters here. Uh, this book, uh, although it mentions Kylock here, he doesn't feature prominently in this book. He does very much so in the next one. Uh, rather, we're with Jack a lot, who uh, feels sort of like the main character a little bit. And I think that's just because I'm coming from comparing this to the Wheel of Time. And he feels a little like uh, Rand, Rand Althor. Oh man, am I remembering that name? I'm so bad with names. It's just I've read that so many times. Um, just sort of a young man coming into his power, both physically and uh, with magic and such. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see them. He's with this sort of uh, shyster guy in this book who's uh, trying to get him to kill someone just for the purposes of greed, basically. Uh, that goes awry, I will say. Very, very much so. Um, then we sort of uh, are with uh, Tall. He's the uh, uh, the knight who fell from grace. Uh, he sort of was supposed to find Jack. Uh, that was his mission, but he gave up on that and sort of started drinking and, and uh, whoring and worst of all perhaps fighting in the fighting pits and, and anytime there's like an arena or fighting pits or something in a fantasy novel uh, there's always some interest there or uh, in D&D when you're playing and there's a, the chance to fight in an arena that's also sort of a cool thing uh, here man the uh, the writer J.V. Jones really does those sections well uh, and you sort of feel uh, the, the pain both given and received by Tal, it goes into some very bloody depth. And he, he kind of goes into a blind rage, and he'll just sort of, like, wake up practically after he has won his fights. Like, he may not necessarily be the biggest or the uh, strongest or the fastest, but when the sort of rage comes over him, he just loses his shit and wins his fights. So, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, recommend these books very, very much. If you like fantasy, I think you will love these. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is the Cockroach Vacuum. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, so, uh, bu -bu -bu oh yeah, House Flipper. House Flipper is a game, I suppose. There's points in the form of money that you make, I guess. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, so this is a game that uh, the title is fairly self-explanatory. Uh, you're buying houses... You're uh, fixing them up, you're cleaning them, uh, and then you're uh, getting them ready to resell so that you can buy a bigger house and then do it all over again. And then maybe you'll keep a house and use that as your uh, kind of home base. <laughs> uh, and, and that's what it is. I think it's still in beta uh, on Steam, but uh, that being said, I haven't had any crashes or any bugs or anything like that, uh, so it is very, very much playable. Uh, and playable to the degree where I'm curious what they're going to add, but uh, if they didn't add anything, I'm still having a lot of fun. Uh, it's a game that 
I think falls into the category of how is this fun, but it is. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't sound like it should be fun to... Uh, let me just run through like a, a typical thing you you will do. Um, so there's sort of two things. You can take on tasks for other people to get money, or you can work on the house that you've bought. Uh, if you're working on the house that you've bought, though, you'll need to buy things like paint and furniture and such. Uh, and in order to make money uh, for those items, you'll have to do tasks for other people. So uh, a typical task might be uh, you'll go to this house, uh, you'll 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 walk in you'll you'll walk through the whole thing picking up garbage and, and cleaning all the debris then you'll do another sweep through the house where you're cleaning everything so you're sort of cleaning the floors and the walls and the stuff like that and uh, then you'll do uh, this is how I do it you could do it one room at a time but I like to do it sort of methodically like this uh, then you'll go through every room and you'll clean all the windows uh, then maybe some of the rooms you'll need to install, say, a radiator. Or uh, in the washroom, you'll have to install a shower or a toilet. Um, maybe there'll be uh, cockroach infestations that you'll have to, for some reason, use a vacuum to vacuum all the cockroaches up. Which I don't think is what uh, uh, people who deal with that sort of thing use vacuums. Hey, I could be wrong. Uh, uh, you'll, uh, I've, I've had times where I've had to take down walls because uh, people wanted me to uh, give them a little more open, uh, open concept. Or uh, people quite often will want you to paint their uh, paint their rooms, which I think that's the most relaxing and the part I like the most so far is the painting. Uh, as you progress, you can uh, unlock sort of things like faster painting, faster cleaning. Uh, unlock uh, the ability to get paid a little more for your work and, and you, so there is some RPG elements as well but I think the underlying thing I like most about this uh, is it just really sort of chill and relaxing and it's not stressful uh, it gives you that sense of accomplishment that video games can give you even though you're technically just sitting there not really doing anything and even in game come on I'm, I'm cleaning a house of uh, I'm painting a wall in a game that's, that's dumb. It's ridiculous. It sounds like it should be stupid and boring and pointless, but there's just something about it. Uh, it's like one of those, uh, which I never got into, Sim, uh, not SimCity or, or The Sims, but I mean like simulation games where it's like you're driving a tractor or trailer or you're driving a tractor. Like tractor sims are a big thing, and I feel like maybe there's some crossover uh, with a game like this. Uh, those I never got into, although I guess I never really gave them a chance. Maybe I should look into them after playing this. Uh, maybe I would like a game like that, because I do like this. Uh, I've been playing it a little bit every week, and that's the other thing. It's sort of nice to just pop in and out of as well. And uh, I don't think next week I'm going to have a game Gabin, just for the reason that uh, I'm still playing this. Uh, I want to sort of get up to that really big house uh, and I think on that note, geez, can I give House Flipper a 5 out of 5? I, I feel like it was so easy to talk about here and tell you why I liked it so much, and I want to play it right now, so, uh, yeah, hey, why the hell not? As dumb as it is, House Flipper, 5 out of 5. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Fire Domain Cleric Curry Shop. 
thank you for that sponsorship. I have just noticed that in my television talk about The Handmaid's Tale, which I did watch with the missus, I asked her for a quote, and I forgot to read it. Uh, the missus's quote, R.E., Handmaid's Tale, season two, all in all very good. More sweaty palm moments than the first season, in my opinion. Looking forward to season three. End of quote. Uh, the reason I realized I forgot to mention that quote is because the first item in this internet intercourse, the Pointless Podcast, is back. Um, with host Kevin Pereira and guest Bruce Green, um, because this podcast was back and because I missed it, I uh, tweeted at uh, Mr. Kevin Pereira, host, as well as Bruce Green, uh, and asked them for a quote for this podcast because I was going to talk about theirs on it. Meta, perhaps. And uh, Mr. Kevin Pereira was kind enough um, to, uh, yeah, send me a quote. Uh, his quote is, um, what kind of quote are you looking for? I can Google literally thousands of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, I missed him. I, I missed him. Uh, you may recall him from uh, Attack of the Show. Uh, whenever that show or Kevin Pereira comes up, I tend to uh, mention the fact that uh, when Attack of the Show went off the air in whatever year that was, uh, that was when I canceled my cable because it was the only show that I ever watched was that, so I didn't need cable anymore. Uh, so whenever he does anything I enjoy, just a super funny, seemingly very nice dude, then he has on Bruce Green from uh, Funhouse uh, YouTube channel, which, as I often say, is the only YouTube channel where I will watch 99.9% .9 of their videos, uh, whereas other YouTube channels that sort of pick and choose based on ones that look interesting, them, I'll just watch everything, because they're all good, so, uh, to have them together sitting, chatting, shooting the shit on the Pointless Podcast was a little slice of podcasty heaven, period. Okay, moving on to Fallout 76 teases, or teasers, if you prefer, or mall teasers, if you prefer, which I, I'm a partial to, yes. Um, if you are at all interested in the game Fallout 76, um, before it comes out, you can go on YouTubes and find a shit ton because uh, of stuff, just stuff, underline, uh, because uh, the video game sites, sources sounds, uh, have all got, like, uh, their hands on it for some lengths of time, uh, up to about three hours seems to be the default or the maximum, I don't know, uh, but all the opinions of people who have played it for three plus hours are sort of online, and they're fascinating, and uh, I gotta say, I was excited, because it's a Fallout game, and I was definitely gonna play it, the multiplayer aspect of it had me a little apprehensive, let's say. Like, it's just a video game, so I don't get too upset about anything. But uh, the, the fact that it was more multiplayer, and I don't tend to play too much in the way of multiplayer, had me a little like, eh, I, I wish it was just a quote-unquote normal follow game. But after listening to all these people talk about it, uh, I've come to the realization that uh, seemingly playing it by yourself uh, is not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, it sounds like they purposely, and I think this is very smart of Bethesda because of uh, the love of the single-player games, they made it so that if you are playing this by yourself, you're still going to have a lot of fun, and um, it's, it's not at all 
crazy to play this multiplayer game uh, by yourself uh, from what I've seen like like with a few exceptions uh, and I don't mind those few exceptions uh, I just need to find someone who's got this on a PC at some point and or maybe just play with some randos for the few things that you can't do uh, so anyways very interested in that uh, moving on to curry shop with host horsepower that's horse p-o-w-a-r who I believe is a musical artiste uh, and also interested in curry. This is on the same network, First We Feast, as um, Hot Ones. Basically, this girl's sitting down with, so far what I've seen, a funny comedian folk and talking about the various curries of the world. <clears throat> sort of a fascinating thing that, uh, depending on what country you are in, what culture you are from, curry can be uh, quite a different thing. So uh, neat, interesting, delicious to see her talk of that. Uh, last but not least, I'm losing my voice, <clears throat> Matt Colville, fudging die rolls. Yeah, uh, I did not realize, apparently this is a very uh, contested and uh, a very uh, a subject with much angst. It's angst-ridden, the subject. Um, what fudging die rolls mean, if you are running a Dungeons & Dragons game, uh, the potential for you to roll... And then <clears throat> uh, lie, <laughs> is how some people would phrase it, lie to your players what the results of that role would be. It's called fudging the roles. Uh, and he is of the opinion that uh, if it makes it more fun, if it's better for the story, uh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, some people uh, I have found online <laughs> don't like this. They say no matter what, you have to do what the die says, which I think is dumb because if you are in a situation where the results of what you rolled will not be fun for you, will not be fun for your players, will make for a worse story, is <laughs> just all around bad, why would you force yourself to, the, to do that? It is a game. If you're playing a, you know what, the exception I might see, if you're playing in, um, what's that called, Adventure League, where the rules are a lot more strict, uh, or uh, if you've worked out beforehand with your players, and you're a DM who wants to follow the rules, sure. Uh, wants to follow those rules 100% of the time, no matter what the consequences, yeah, sure. But people who, I, I'll say this, I don't think I would want to play in a situation where my players or my DM felt like rules were more important than the fun of getting together and playing this game. Yeah. And, uh, and I, as I underlined in uh, a talk of this uh, on uh, the, the 5e Facebook group because there was a big uh, discussion there that I sort of uh, got into a little bit just because it was fun and uh, my opinions because they are fun make talking about it fun <laughs> with people who are so serious um, what was I saying anyways yeah uh, the end <laughs> wow what a horrible ending <sighs> it's because I'm following the rules of the timer not as fun, but rules. Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook, 
You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper Okay, yes, have a little conversation cleanup today. Uh, and I think often but not always this might happen where I will throw in the Doctor Who into the conversation cleanup if I have other televisions because it's, you know, it, it fits nicely, I think. I think. Uh, so I wanted to uh, make sure I at least mention because whenever it's Doctor Who season, uh, I always bring back every episode because they're so uh, delightful, delectable, and easy to talk about that uh, I can't help myself. Uh, this particular one, The Ghost Monument, is uh, episode two of season 11, our first uh, sort of main, I, I, I guess the first one was, but this feels like the first actual, well, that's not technically right. Um, okay, yeah, we'll just say this, I'll just say this anyways. It feels like the first actual sort of tried and true Doctor Who story where uh, she, in this case now, uh, is in a situation where uh, only the Doctor can be the person who, quote-unquote, saves the day. Uh, and also reintroduces the TARDIS. Yes, spoiler, she does get it back. Terrific. Come on, you didn't think she would get it back? Uh, the, the look is cool. Uh, you, you know what's kind of interesting as well is the sonic screwdriver she made and the new uh, interior of the TARDIS sort of has a similar vibe, I feel like. Uh, kind of an organic, crystally vibe, I guess you would say. Uh, there, w- uh, there was an interesting point at the end of this as well, which is something you don't often see from the Doctor. And then uh, it was sort of a feeling of, man, is she going to give up? Uh, like, she basically gave up, which is not something the Doctor has done uh, almost ever. That sort of feeling of defeatism. Uh, I, I feel like just so much happened to her that, and so much had sort of piled on her shoulders that she had kind of reached a point like, ah, oh, fuck, well, I guess we're fucked. <laughs> so that was interesting to see. Well, one thing that bugs me a lot is uh, seeing people after two episodes saying, oh, I don't like her, get rid of her. Uh, that that's that's bad, bad stuff. It's similar to The Handmaid's Tale. It's stuff like that. Uh, where you feel like the possibility of that handmade situation is like, yeah, if there are people, if enough people exist who 
are already poo-pooing this doctor because it's a woman after two episodes. It saddens me like The Handmaid's Tale did. Uh, I think she's doing a great job. Uh, I will say after two episodes, I have already had more enjoyment, I think, from her than I did from... Uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Peter Capaldi. Uh, in all I would say, I, I did enjoy Peter Capaldi. It's just I didn't feel like he was... Uh, as doctory as I like like I like that tinge of sort of fun and uh, I think I've, <laughs> I don't know ever in in real life if I've ever actually meant to use the word whimsy that's not a word that's in my everyday vocabulary but I think if the doctor is lacking in whimsy it just doesn't feel as right as this doctor does because she does have it and I do like it and um, now that they have their uh, TARDIS back and they've got these three cool companions who I'm very much enjoying uh, it's sort of an interesting mix, uh, uh, old, sort of an older dude, uh, a, a strong, uh, young man, uh, although that's interesting too, because they threw in this thing where he's not, he's got some sort of, is it a disease or condition or something like that, where he's, uh, he's big and strong looking, but then he's also not, uh, I, f I forget what it is, there's something where he doesn't have great control of his muscles, so, so that's kind of cool, and then a smart, like, uh, um, detective girl. So, hey, I like it. I like it a lot. In fact, you know what? I just realized uh, two girls, two guys, and the women are probably uh, uh, the smarter of the two, and the other one are just sort of uh, coming along for the ride, it almost feels like, which I, I, I like this sort of d different switch. Uh, it's good stuff. Folks, we did it. Uh, it's still nice to be nice to the nice, and uh, we've cleaned up, as far as I'm concerned, this conversation.